Microphone check, two, one, two. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to It's the Bearded Man podcast with your favorite, the world's favorite bearded man, Bob Bay. Very excited today. The first woman on the podcast, Kaylee Christina. How you doing? I'm so excited. What an honor. First woman on. I didn't want to tell you I'm until we got the podcast about started. It. <laughs> I didn't want to tell you until we got the podcast started, but I think you are a great first woman at bat for the Bearded Man podcast. Thank you. I think I'm going to add that to my LinkedIn profile. Oh. <laughs> first woman on the oh, Bearded Man oh, podcast. Oh my God. Not even 60 <laughs> seconds in. I'm already getting the LinkedIn update. I am so excited. We have a strong male audience, so I think it is really important to get some woman perspective on this podcast. I used to get a lot of shit from people with the last podcast, Purpose in the Youth, and they're like, why don't you ever have women on the podcast? From men asking you that um, or from women listening? I definitely got more women yeah. that were hitting me up about it. But I once in a while, there'd be some males like, why, why don't you have women on the podcast? And I was like, fellas or ladies, do you think I don't want to talk to women? Like, <laughs> I would rather I, I would rather do a woman only <laughs> podcast with the beard man. Like I would have done that from the jump. I just would explain to them like, hey, it's just the people that I'm networked with yeah. or the people that I, you know, come across on social media and I get interested in what they do. It's never about are they male or female, it's just like the people that I casually come across. But I'm excited to have you in here today. And I got another woman coming on Sunday. So excited. So we're trying to ramp there up we and go. balance it out a little bit. So um very excited to have you here today. Um, to be here up in LA. Up in I, always, LA. I always love an excuse to be up here. So, how long of a drive does that usually take you? Two hours? Yeah, two hours. Okay. And I have a lot of friends up here, and so I, I make the most out of when I come up here. Okay. And weren't you just here this weekend? And then you I was. I was. <laughs> okay. So, I had to go back down to San Diego for meetings and different things. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> go back for 24, back Honestly, to LA. Honestly, I literally went back for like 24 hours. What's holding you back, or have you ever considered moving here? So, my business partner is down in San Diego, and okay. I don't want to leave her. I'm not opposed to it. I just, I love the energy up here. And then I love going down to San Diego where it's more chill. I love mm. the culture in San Diego. So I love being so close to this, but enough that I'm separated. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. Like you come here, you line up a bunch of things to yeah. do. You're like the celebrity, like Kaylee's in town. <laughs> Who am I going to see? <laughs> All the things. Let me see if I can fit you on my to-do list while I'm in LA. And then you get out of here and then you're gone. Yeah. And San Diego is definitely much more chiller. Exactly. I was down there in November, which is literally almost a year ago. Time just is just wild. flies by out here. Um, but that was the first time I've been to San Diego since living in LA. And I was like, wow, this is much different. This is mm -hmm. calm. This is very laid back and it isn't that hustle and bustle that I think you find in LA or even this past week, I went to Newport for the first time, Laguna. So relaxing, like, by the way. <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. Why do I not live here? This is like true paradise. I swear the true paradise of SoCal is between Long Beach and San Diego. You could probably argue San Diego itself, but I feel like that like coastline is like retired See you later. Hundred percent. Beach every day. Yeah. Hitting yoga classes at night. Yeah. Or just living it's the like lifestyle. Down San Diego, we still have, it's so incredibly beautiful, but without the traffic and a ton of people and tall buildings, it's yeah. just you know more beach culture. Yeah. So you did mention that your business partner is mm -hmm. down in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, her name is Nicole Danielle. 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 Mm -hmm. Almost said Nicole. Don't know why <laughs> where Nicole came from. <laughs> Pulled that one out of my ass. Um, that is her middle name. That's funny. Is it really? Yeah. Okay, that's weird. That's so weird because it's not even in her like Instagram or anything. That is her middle name. Wild. Okay, <laughs> shout out to Danielle one time. That's a little weird. Um, talk to me about how that relationship 
came together because I I believe from what I know you had met her at the time you were getting some like acne treatments or yeah. some skincare treatments. And so you're going there to get some help for yourself, but then this ultimately turns into a business partnership. So how did that all kind of come to life? Yeah, she was my last resort health-wise. I had been dealing with so many health issues. Cystic acne was one of them, and it was really because I was dealing with stuff internally health-wise and externally. So I had so much acne going on. I was going to doctors and dermatologists, and I wasn't finding any answers. It was like, here, go on birth control, antibiotics, Accutane. Like, mm. those were the only... Took Accutane, gnarly. <laughs> yeah, I almost went on it, and I, w- I didn't want to. Because I, I know, because I'm... I do have a degree in holistic nutrition, and so I know what it physically does to your body, and I didn't want to go through with it, Mm. but no one could give me answers and no one could tell me what was going on and why. And I didn't want to take a Band-Aid approach. And so I ended up randomly finding her because she owns, it's in La Jolla, it's called San Diego Acne Clinic. So she was literally my last resort. I'm like, I really don't want to go on Accutane. Like, let me meet this woman, see what's going on. And the second we met, just everything clicked. Mm. I mean, again, I have a big background in holistic nutrition, but eating and habits and different things for your skin it overlaps a little bit but there are a lot of like discrepancies in between so for instance like vitamin d and b12 amazing for you right Mm. but in excess triggers acne Mm. so there's things like that that i had no idea about and so i meet her we just completely connect like geek out health wise like (laughs) so obsessed i'm like talking about all the internal health stuff and she's teaching me about like how it relates to skin and external wellness of the skin and like the chem like the biology of your skin and how products soak in and other ones don't like just everything and so i would like lay on her table every two weeks as she do like all different peels like really fixing my acne because i i didn't want to scar i was getting rid of my acne and so we just talk the entire time and geek Mm. out over everything and she wanted to start developing this product. Um, she would get people clear and then they would deal with scarring and pigmentation and everything that, you know, is post acne and post pigmentation. So we, she wanted to design a scar reversing serum. And I was so passionate about it. I'm like, if you're going to do this, like I know you know the um, chemistry and science behind it and developing the ingredients, but you need to do this non-toxic. Like the, in XYZ, this is why it's so important to not have hormone disruptors in it, mm. to not have toxic ingredients. Like this is how it's affecting people internally. And so at first I was just consulting with her. So I, you know, she would develop an ingredient deck and the product and she'd give it to me to test and I'd be like, all right, get rid of this ingredient, get rid of this ingredient. This would be a good like natural replacement for it. Like see if the chemist can like balance it with this. And so we're going back and forth and again, just continually, like I'm giving her more nutrition advice to help with her clients. She's giving me, um, more advice for me personally and then to share because I had a blog at the time. So like stuff that I was sharing on my blog as well. Mm. And then I started to help build the website and help source the packaging and help create the label. And all of a sudden we're building this company together without ever really like talking about it or just like building it together. <laughs> and then um, I'm, I'm like, I'm working a full-time job at the time and I'm spending all of my free time working on this and probably more than free time. It's definitely cutting into my job hardcore <laughs> at this point, like very much. So I like didn't want to do my full-time job anymore. And just like, I wanted to work on this. And so I, you know, sat down, we had dinner and I had a serious conversation with her. I'm like, this has become my passion with you. Like I am obsessed with this. I want to spend every waking moment doing this. 
do you want to do this together? Wow. Like, do you want to do you want to go full force? You want to sit down with lawyers, sign the documents, have the hard conversations, and and do this? Wow. And do you? And I, it's clear to me that the it seemed like a lot of the passion was because you had been through the experience, mm-hmm. and now you wanted to help others because you had learned what it took yeah. to get through it. But what was? Uh, the name of the acne you said earlier cystic Cystic acne so what does that actually mean yeah so you have like whiteheads and blackheads most people know what that is like whiteheads obviously it comes like white you can easily pop it Mm -hmm. blackheads usually have on your nose they're like deep in there and they're like little tiny tiny black dots that you I mean you can't see if I'm like you know a couple feet away from you but when you're up in the mirror you can see it Mm -hmm. and um, a lot of guys will get it like in their t-zone too because you guys have like thicker oil than women do (laughs) Um, but then you have cystic acne and that's like the thick under the skin. You can't pop it. It's painful, almost like boil like in a way, Mm. like it pops out of your skin and just like little bumps everywhere Mm. and sometimes big bumps actually. And and other than, cause I just think it's so like when I think back to when I was in high school, Mm -hmm. right? So to give you some context, I went through, I think a rougher patch of acne than kids that were like some of my homies, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I went and saw a dermatologist. They, put, I can't tell you the names of it. it, it if I call probably my, spirulactone, like all uh, the heavy creams, yes, all the okay. yeah. Like when I think about my sophomore, junior <laughs> year, tetracyclines, one of them oh, too. Yes. Yeah. So I went through like the works, and mm-hmm. me and my mom were like trying to battle this shit. It was on, it was just like on my chin, couldn't get rid of it, and then finally got to the point where they're like. You know, we've done every step. The last step is Accutane. Mm-hmm. I'm signing away my life. I'm like, what is like? I can't. I might have long-term effects. Yeah, they like, might blah. have suicidal thoughts, depression. Yeah. Like, yeah. So is it just? Do you think it? A lot of that, especially in those teenage years, is it just strictly genetic? Is it because of maybe what I was dieting on back then? Like, why did I feel like I was getting the shit in the stick, and a lot of my homies were, you know, looking good yeah. and have too many problems? There's definitely a big reason is genetics, but mm. it can be controlled. So I am very genetically acne prone. So there's a lot of things that can trigger acne in my skin that wouldn't someone else. Mm. So as you're a teenager, obviously, like, hormones are going crazy, and, te- and fluctuations in testosterone will trigger acne which is why like excess B12 and excess vitamin D, they trigger testosterone. So for women, having more testosterone produces like a really thick, sticky oil of your skin that just gets stuck in your pore, mixes with bacteria, and then causes acne. So as a guy, when you're younger, as a teenager, you have a lot of testosterone. You're also probably eating, drinking a lot of milk. 100%. 100%. Dairy's like, dairy's the number one Definitely. dietary cause of acne. Wow. Yeah. Because um, there's uh, there's growth factor hormones in it. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you're eating, you're drinking a lot of milk mm-hmm. as a guy growing up. You're also running around playing, sweating, bacteria, mm-hmm. dirt on your skin, and you're not washing your face or exfoliating. So all that dirt and bacteria is mixing with the sweat, getting stuck in your pores and breaking out. And if you're genetically prone, some other guy that's, you know, very blessed with genes that doesn't have acne. They're going to have bacteria and stuff on their face, but it's just not going to cause breakouts. Of course, I was being told drink milk, make strong bones. So <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm going to get nice number and one dietary trigger. School. Yeah. And you're probably eating a lot of like sandwiches and pizza and carbs, chicken nuggets. A, um, of, carbs will spike your blood sugar levels. So that'll also trigger acne as well. But, you know, 
things like gluten, it will cause things like leaky gut and digestive issues, which will also cause acne. And so it's all, it's so connected. And then as you get a little bit older and, you know, if you're like drinking in college and I mean high school maybe too, but like in college (laughs) you're drinking alcohol, uh, alcohol is also a huge acne trigger as well. And so you have a lot of things that you're not as conscious about when you're younger. You know, you're drinking milk, alcohol, not washing your face, testosterone's all over the place totally. your puberty so oh, that's a huge fucking cause. voice yeah. is squeaky as shit yeah. I'm like, what do you mean why yeah. are you not so real and that's why a lot of guys will have more acne during their teenage years and then they'll balance out because your testosterone's all over the place during like puberty in your teenage years and then it evens out mm. as you get older what and so what age were you going when this was the worst like what time yeah like i was 24 25 i'm 29 now Wow. So, yeah, so it, it was at its worst around 24. So like, mm-hmm. wh- how was it when you were 20? Was it still kind of bad or? It was fine. Like I had the occasional breakouts, but I never had like the deep cystic inflamed red acne mm-hmm. um, that I mean, as a woman is, you know, really hits your confidence because you're even, you're trying to like pack on makeup to cover it because you feel like everyone's looking at your skin and judging you. And so it's, it's a huge confidence issue when people have it. How do you? I'm sure you get women that reach out to you and that are using your products Mm -hmm. or want your advice. Because I even saw one of your recent Instagram posts you had posted without makeup. And you talk about how that was such a pivotal moment for you. Now looking back, because there was probably a place in in your life where you just would not have even considered that. Mm -hmm. So what do you tell women now or even males that might reach out to you and say like, I can't, I don't know what to do with the skin. Like, is there advice that you give them or how yeah. do you kind of give them the confidence that you kind of have learned through the years? You'd be surprised how many men reach out because they feel like they, they don't know where to get answers. And a lot of guys aren't sitting around talking about what skincare products you're using. Like, That's why we're bringing it to light, baby. Yeah. That's why we're the so, Beauty Man podcast. So I get, I get a lot of personal messages through Instagram, but also through our ClearStem Instagram account of guys being like, I don't know who else to ask about this, but this is what I'm dealing with. And I've seen you talk about this. Like, what do I do? Mm. Um, so my, the, the biggest things to start with is a proper skincare routine, like getting that on lockdown. Um, because for guys, sometimes it's as simple as just like exfoliating your face, which is getting rid of the dead skin cells and the buildup, and it's going to help clear things up. And so I educate people on what a proper skincare routine looks like, which isn't anything too complicated. It's just having the right products. And then for women, a lot of them are using a ton of pore clogging ingredients in both their skincare and makeup. So Mm -hmm. sometimes just swapping that out for things that aren't clogging your pores is going to clear it right up. Is that from like certain makeups they're using? Yeah. And skincare, like lotions and stuff you're putting on your face too. Okay. I'm so happy you made the comment (laughs) about uh, males uh, should get into like a skincare routine because yeah. that's actually something I really wanted to dive into. Um, lo- before I get into that, yeah. a year ago I got this tattoo, right? Mm-hmm. And so because of the tattoo, I had to buy lotion and I bought this big thing of lotion and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I have this little, like for people that are listening, it's, uh, I don't know, two inches long. It's just in text. It just says keep going. So I have all this lotion and I'm like, okay, I got to apply it. And then, for some reason, I don't know if there was something I'd seen on social media. I was like, why don't I just start using this daily because I have it. So I started like using it on my arms, mm-hmm. started putting it on my chest, started putting it on my face daily. So after I shower every day, it went from I needed lotion for a tattoo to then now it's become just part of my process. And I think 
I could even step up my skincare game because of like it's just one thing that I do. But I've I've seen the benefits and I feel it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I'm. Uh, I think dieting has definitely played a part in this as well. But I feel like I have a a naturally more glow to me than weird. I don't know how to say. I that. love it. But I like love it. I take notice of it. Yeah. And I, and I and I think it actually. Uh, I'm a very energetic, high energy guy. So I think on top of that, plus like my skin feeling vibrant, I feel like I, I can bring more to the table, bring more energy to the room. So I've, I'm like now taking notes of like, okay, like start doing this more often. But would it like, what are the steps that you would suggest any male, regardless of what their skin is? What are the some of those things that they can be doing on a daily basis? Yeah, I can keep it super simple. The first thing is you have to exfoliate. What does I that mean, mean? Yeah, so you okay. said a couple times. I know. Like, tell okay. me. Tell I love me. this. I love it because I have to remember like who I'm talking to. Like totally. guys, exfoliation. So a physical exfoliant is something that kind of has like beads in it. Like it's a scrub. Okay. Yeah. And so, but you have to be careful. Like a brush. I think of I my sister used that growing up, like one of That's those things. That's super, super harsh for your skin. So okay. what I know a lot of guys have this in your shower, like the apricot scrub or the St. Ives. That's what I'm thinking of. Throw it out right now. That one's the worst scrub. Get it out, boys. (laughs) Because that one's actually going to, it's, the beads are way too thick and harsh for your skin. So it actually tears little holes in your skin. It can cause accelerated aging and deeper wrinkles. Okay. So not that, I'm still talking about that type of exfoliation, but throw out that brand. (laughs) (laughs) Get it out of here. So the one we make is a vitamin scrub and it has hemp oil. So it makes it really moisturizing instead of stripping your skin and drying it out. And we make ours with tiny, gentle bamboo beads. So you're still going to feel that like really squeaky, clean, um, feeling to your face. Like I feel so fresh, uh, so glowy, <laughs> like your skin's just going to look brighter. I'm going to regret saying that. People are like, yo, glowing dude. Like. I love it. But you're going to feel like really fresh and squeaky clean. And your like your skin looks bright and vibrant, um, with not stripping it and making it feel really, really dried out. Um, I know one of my guy friends was like, this is the first scrub I've used. that doesn't feel like it's ripping apart my face. Mm. Like I just feel phenomenal after using it. So that's really important for guys to use because you guys have more testosterone, which produces a really thick, sticky oil on your skin, which can clog your pores and just um, allow a lot of dead skin cell buildup. And that makes your skin look dull. Mm. So that's going to make it look So you're saying use this in the shower (laughs) Mm -hmm. daily, a whole body. Yep. You can use it. Yeah. So we make make our container like a full like seven ounces, which is a lot bigger, just so you can use it for your full body. Damn. Mm -hmm. So that's the first step. Use one of those. That's the first step. Yeah. I'm going to skip to the last step because if you're only going to use two things, these are going to be my two things and I'm going to throw in a fun third one. Okay. The, the last one is you have to moisturize after okay. that. So you don't want your, the, when your skin dries out, again, that's going to make wrinkles look deeper. It's going to cause wrinkles faster, make you look really dried out. It's going to cause like more inflammation, redness. So if you're already prone to like a little bit of irritation, whether it's like from shaving or just being out in the sun, moisturizer is going to help with that. Mm. And it's just going to, Make your skin look bright and mm. fun and young and great for all the ladies, okay. which is what you want. Fellas, take notes. <laughs> yeah, so you definitely want to moisturize. Like a woman can tell if a guy moisturizes or not is in a, a really good way. Is that way. a plus in me? Like, oh, this guy oh, takes hundred percent. Look, your your skin looks young and glowy mm. rather than like dull and sunken in. Mm. So gotta have that moisturizer. Okay, so those are the two. But <laughs> what's the two. what's the third if they want to go for the full so, for the full works? We love serums, and basically it's a. Um, serum just refers to the consistency of something. So it's, it's not a lotion. It's not a gel. 
um, kind of having a hard time like describing it, but you you pump it out and you rub it in your face and you put it on your face. Okay. <laughs> keep it that. I'll keep it simple for you guys, but it's it's kind of a very thin consistency. And so we have one. It's our stem cell serum, and it's going to help reduce like any irritation and redness from shaving. So any of those little bumps that you get, mm. it's going to help bring down all the inflammation on that. And then men, if you're dealing with any acne scars or sun damage and pigmentation from being out in the sun a lot, pigmentation is just like brown spots on your face. So any discoloration to your face, it's going to help even that all out. Mm, so that would that would be after you shower and then the moisturizer? So you're going you're gonna to exfoliate, you're going to use the serum, and then the moisturizer. And where can and these done. boys go get their product while they're listening to the podcast? <laughs> Clearstemskincare.com. Go get it right now, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's really, incredible. Yeah, three products, really simple, morning and night. You can shower, do it right after the shower, and you're done. It's very obvious to me that you love what you do. I do. Like, because you can get into the details and you're like, I could, like just, hyped we, about we it. could just keep going down this <laughs> oh path my gosh, yeah. for the next hour. You have hour. to like cut me off. <laughs> yeah. But that's that's like, uh, I think that's, and even before we started the podcast, we were talking about how COVID and it's like, you know, it's so much easier to just kind of work through the mm-hmm. entire day because there's nothing else to do, but that's so beautiful that you're in a position that clearly you you both have worked to get to but there's so many people that will spend their lives like chasing something that they don't actually want to do for their life but they get into a position where they feel like they have to do it yeah and so i just think about all the people i've met through podcasting in the last three years and how lucky i am to have surrounded myself with these types of people because all I know now is success or people that are in the progress of, of like reaching some really crazy milestones. And I know that's not the, that's not the reality for a lot of people. So it's, it's so cool to meet people and to hear stories like this, where it's like, whether it's skincare, whether it's making vlogs, whether it's selling liquid IV, like, it's like, it just amazes me when you can find people that have found something they're really passionate about and they can just like, They'll tell you anything yeah. and everything about it, which is just so cool to me. I think we can turn a passion into a career. It's so special mm. because it's in a lot of times, especially when it comes from experience, like I went through so much with my skin in my health that I naturally, when I started to find healing and, you know, big transformations with my skin and, um, and how I was feeling, I had a ton of people reach out to me and start sharing their stories and asking for advice. And I wanted to find a way to help. And for a while I was burning myself out, like personally just helping everyone. Then I'm like, I I can't do this. So like, how can I make the greatest impact? And that's when we, you know, create our skincare line, but also like we put out a ton of education around skincare and that's how I help the masses and still feel like I'm making a huge impact without personally burning myself out. Were you scared about like taking that leap you're working full time you're building this on the side like at what point did you realize I need to just I have to go yeah I think there's two different people there's the ones that they have an idea and they're willing to quit everything else and just completely go for it and live off basically nothing and then there's the people that know they want to do something but very strategically do it make sure they're financially stable enough and that's the direction I went like I was willing to completely burn myself out working my full-time job. I was also nutri- like personally nutrition coaching people, had the podcast, had a blog, and building Clear Stem. <laughs> and I was just completely burning myself out. And I was okay with that for the time being because I felt financially stable to do it. Mm. And then it did get to a point where it was just honestly, it was too much because I, al- I also keep my health up. So I was working out all the time and being really conscious about what I was eating 
but I wasn't getting any sleep because mm. I was waking up at like 4 a.m. to work out and then do my full-time job and get work done and then getting work done till like midnight, one o'clock in the morning and doing it all over again. And when it got to that point, luckily we had been building clear stem for a while that I could start taking a little bit. And mm. so we sat down and kind of discussed, like obviously I took a huge pay cut, but it was like, what is it? What can I now survive on with clear stem and be able to just put everything I have towards it to be able to leave my full-time job and just go full force. Yeah. And in the middle of that grind, I'm sure you're reminding yourself that this is a, like a short term. Yes. I was like, like, this is temporary. Because like, it was really rough for a while. Yeah. <laughs> really rough mentally, just juggling absolutely everything. I felt like I had no time to even like talk to friends or family because mm. I was so mentally drained all the time. Yeah. I unfortunately think almost every like every person goes through that at some point and i wish it upon nobody because i definitely did that through the podcast mm -hmm. uh building that up until work starting with liquid iv last like october like i feel like the first two and a half years of living in la was just a place that i worked and i've gotten more balance in the last 11 months of my life than i did in the two and a half years but i i, I hate to admit that i think almost every successful person that i know or who's had success goes through that phase yeah. or is still in that phase of like blinders on, I'm doing what I got to do. I mean, it's just like you have, I feel like you have to go yeah. through that in order to do something really great. Um, I still do that. Like I will go full force 24 seven and I'll be like, okay, wait, I need to, I need to find some balance. I need to spend some time with friends. I need to go do something fun for a weekend and I, I pull myself out of it. Um, so I definitely go through waves of doing that a ton but i do really enjoy balance and i know the importance of it and so i'm willing to do both how so as somebody who pretty much you call your own shots right mm -hmm. like you like you make your own schedule right so are you somebody that tries to build structure in your week where you know like these are the hours that i'm working or are you more of just go with the flow and then when you hit that wall you're like all right i'm done for the day time yeah. to like pick up tomorrow it's funny i was actually talking to brandon about this Great earlier guy. today Great and, guy. um he's like what's your routine like and i'm like i'm so dialed in routine wise in the morning and the afternoon and then i leave myself flexibility in the evening a lot mm. so my morning is extremely dialed in i wake up really i wake up like 5 5 30 i immediately work out i journal i do um I also do the daily stoic journal as well, which is just like a one, like a one sentence prompt. Love that. Um, so I'll journal all my thoughts. I'll do the one sentence prompt with that. Depending on how my anxiety is for the day, I might do a meditation, like just a 10 minute one on the calm app or something. Um, if not, I might just like fly to bed and get ready for the day. So it kind of <laughs> just like depends on my mood, like when I wake up and then I immediately work out because if I don't get a workout done first thing in the morning, it's never going to get done. Totally. And I have such a clear head for the day when I work out. It's like everything else just falls into place after mm -hmm. I work out. Mm -hmm. So I do a fasted workout and then I'll usually get work done for a few hours before I eat. Um, I just, I work really well fasted, like my brain. The second I eat for the day, it's like I start getting brain fog sometimes. Mm. So I probably don't eat until noon. Um, but that's when I get my most dialed in 
work mm. until then. So then I'll eat lunch, I'll continue doing work, and then I'll usually stop to cook dinner or to go pick it up from somewhere. Um, during COVID, it was nice to like get out and pick something up. You're like, <laughs> I will I, eat I, out yeah. every day just to get me yeah, out Yeah, because I cook a ton, but it was nice to get some food out and like support local businesses during that time. Totally. And then the evening, um, sometimes I'll be full grind mode in the evening and I'll get back to doing work. A lot of times I'll get dinners with friends or just go hang out with friends or just, you know, spend some time by myself, go for a walk. Um, but I like to leave it open to whatever I'm feeling. Mm, I love the morning routine. I'm the <laughs> exact same way. Yeah. Like I'm all about the first three hours of my day is literally all about me. It's mm-hmm. working out, it's reading, it's meditating. Uh, it's like me. Pri- I don't even check social media for the first three hours of the day. Sometimes I'll, I'll flick up, I'll throw a little post on IG, but I get out of there. I'm not like there yeah, checking anything scroll. else. Um, but the one thing that would call my attention is you said, depending on my anxiety, mm-hmm. I will meditate or not. So that's super interesting to me. Like how, how often do you feel like the anxiety when you wake up every day? Yeah. It, it kind of just depends what's going on in life during that time, to be honest. Like mm. sometimes I have a really good grip on my stress and I feel great and I let it fuel me and energize me and I can handle it. And then other days, like it, just feels like the world's crashing down. Like mm-hmm. I just wake up feeling very, very heavy. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I know I need to journal more. I need to write down more things I'm grateful for. I need to do more words of affirmation. And then usually it's some type of um, meditation series. I like the Calm app because you can choose like how you're feeling. Oh, so um, there's literally, there's like a panic SOS one if you're like really anxiety, like high strong anxiety. There's another one that's like happiness. There's another one with... Um, for like relationships, for self-growth, like there's just a lot of different categories based on how you're feeling. So I did like a seven day series of happiness during COVID whenever like things were feeling really heavy. And so I'll I'll just pick kind of why I, like where I feel like my anxiety is coming from. Like, do I feel sad? Do I feel stressed? Is my heart pounding? Is it something career-wise I'm stressed about? Is it something personally? And Mm. so I'll pick a meditation based on kind of what I feel like my trigger is and just breathe into it. That's so interesting. I've used Headspace and I use now uh, an app called Waking Up with Sam Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've clearly seen all the ads for Calm and I'm like starting to get the itch of like, I should at least go I try it. it. I've used it for like almost two years now. Wow. Yeah. The fact that they have like the moods though is so interesting to me. The fact they have a panic button yeah. is so, it speaks so loudly to the pro or to the platform itself where they recognize some days you're going to feel great. Some days you're going to feel like shit. Some days you feel like the world's like, crashing down and to have something like that feels it probably gives people relief and somewhere to like seek when they need it the most it also reminds you it's okay that you feel like you're not alone for feeling that way Mm. like scrolling through the apps and seeing all those different categories they're clearly on there for a reason because people are struggling with them and that's okay that you feel that way i just like having tools in my tool belt to get me out of that mindset into a positive one totally have you ever considered just implementing daily meditation or is it just when you i'll get on a kick for it every once in a while and then sometimes i'll lose it i've been on a really strong one the last few weeks okay yeah i like i like though and something i've never even thought about is how when you wake up you're adjusting a little bit of your day based on how you're feeling like you said Mm -hmm. if you're feeling uh more heavy you'll spend a little bit more time doing the affirmations or journaling more which i think is uh that's great because i'm somebody where i have those days where i feel maybe not as motivated but i still stick to the same routine and it does get me out of that funk Mm -hmm. by the end of like the whole morning but uh 
I like that idea of like being open to how am I feeling today and what do I need to do to like jumpstart and make myself yeah, feel better. Because I love feeling in a positive mood. Like I, I love being happy. Totally. I love being able to like pour into other people. And so when I'm not feeling that way, it is really frustrating and I try not to be hard on myself. I just try to be like, all right, what are my tools? What do I need to do to get to where I want to be today? Mm. We have so much more to cover, <laughs> Kaylee. Uh, I hope you're comfortable. Um, I'm good. So... Fellow podcaster, mm-hmm. I had the pleasure of being on. I think we would probably would have recorded that. It came out, I looked, in September of 2019, which my guess is maybe was probably recorded within a couple weeks, so maybe yeah. August or September. Um, props to you locking your keys in your car and having to get you. <laughs> that was so funny. It was also like 110 degrees outside. My I can't believe I had uh, done that. That was the first time I'd ever done that my entire life. I'd never Locking lo- the keys in there? Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's probably the freaking content grab. Like, the old content was haunting that. you, uh, and it makes sense. It was hot because the, the valley life was was not yeah. was not cold out there. But um, I think you guys, you and Helen, launched that towards the end of 2017 or maybe early 2018. Yeah, it's been. Uh, yeah, we're coming up on about three years around this time. I think it was like October, November, three Crazy. years ago. Talk to me wow. about kind of the conversations you two were having and how that kind of came to life. So we actually didn't know each other that well before we started the podcast. Love that. Yeah, we had no... Great way to get to know yeah. each other through a podcast. We had known of each other through social media for years. And think about this. This is three years ago. And then we had known each other for a couple years before that on social media. So this is when it wasn't as regular for people to connect on social media. Um, but we were both in the health space in San Diego. And she actually... She was born and raised in San Diego and went to college and then had moved to Bend, Oregon right as we started talking more, which is, yeah, I know. Great to meet you. So, See you later. So we actually started the podcast. She was living in Bend, Oregon, not in San Diego, even though she was born and raised in San Diego. So um, she had a podcast for a little bit, for a while. She had never been consistent about it. She's like, I feel like I, you know, I just need someone else to be consistent. And so she had actually had me on her podcast probably a year before that. So randomly she reaches out and she's like, Hey, I know you've been on my podcast before. We've, you know, connected a lot. I really want to legitimately have a podcast. I want to be consistent about it. And I feel like I could with a co-host and I feel like we're similar enough, but also different that we'll have really good conversation. You know, Mm. we're not the same person. And she was like, no pressure around it. Let take a couple days to think about it. If you want to, let's record an episode or two. See how the like see how it flows together. And if we're like this isn't working, we won't do it. And if mm-hmm. it does, then we'll see where it goes. And so, actually, I had work up in Portland, Oregon, like a few weeks later. So we decided to record in person the first time. Or no, first we recorded. Sorry, first we recorded like virtually, like via Zoom or whatever it was. And then we're like, it was like horrible. <laughs> it never got aired. So then we're like, all right, I'll be in Portland in a few weeks. Let's see how we are like in person. And we crushed it and we loved it. And then there was just like a learning curve after that of doing it virtually. And we decided to kick it off. We're like, all right, let's just, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And how have you liked it overall? Just like the idea. Because oh I mean, at the gosh, time, you probably I, were already busy with everything else. It, yeah. Like I, you're probably blogging at that point. Yeah. I thought about it for a long time. So I'm like, am I really going to add one more thing to my plate at this point? Oh my God. It's <laughs> so like, am I really going to do this? But I love having conversations with people. And I love it so much more than writing. Mm. Blogging is actually really difficult for me because naturally, I'm not a writer. I'd much rather verbally talk and have my words like 
written out for me. You can't overthink. You're yeah. just free flowing. Exactly. Because I like, it. I'll say wrong words all the time. I'll like totally. repeat things. Like I'm not, I'm not a speech writer totally. by any means. So I just enjoy talking. Um, so yeah, podcasting was such a re- like mental release for me too. Mm-hmm. And just an amazing way to network with people. Like I've met some amazing mentors in the entrepreneurship space because of podcasting i know and it's probably helpful too when you're getting into it to have somebody like her who's had the experience regardless if she had stayed consistent or not she probably was like taking the lead of like this is what we need to do first then we're gonna work on this and she could do the editing of it and like i i don't know i mean i could figure it out but I didn't know how to do any of that. So she put it, she puts in the intro and just tell me when to show up and hit record. Yeah. I'll, I'll get you my assets and you make this look and make exactly. it sound good. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, any big takeaways from doing it so far? Oh, I just, I love podcasting. And I again, I think it's the greatest networking resource. Like you don't have to be a creative or an entrepreneur or anything to start a podcast you just have to want to talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you want to have one solo, that's great. But no matter what industry you're in, it can be an amazing way to network with people and lead to more opportunities for you. Yeah. I have a podcast coming up tomorrow. The way I've been doing this new show is uh, one guest a week and one solo pod a week, trying to build both my own personal mm-hmm. brand and then also not look like some egotistical fucking beard guy and, and also have guests and have yeah. them do a lot of the talking. But uh the one thing I talk about in tomorrow's podcast, which is like uh, the topic of social media and how to use it as a tool. Have you seen The Social Dilemma? I haven't yet. I keeping. I know. Watch I ha- it. I have to. Watch it this past weekend. Um, I'll watch it this watch weekend. It. It's just, yeah. It's, you you got to. If you're anybody in the social media space, <laughs> you need to watch this. Or if you're not even somebody that has a presence in the social media space and you use social media daily, you should watch this because it, it, it's just going to open your eyes to some things. Anyway, what I talk about though is like, it doesn't matter what your industry you're in or actually we'll just keep it there. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, starting a podcast and becoming the expert of your industry is literally the game changer. Oh, Cause like you said, networking, it's going to get your foot in the door with the experts of if you love automotive, if you love baked goods, if you love skincare, if you love literally anything, providing people a platform to share their voice and their story is so needed now because podcasting has just completely blown up since I've been paying attention to the space in 2015. Um, and if you have anything that you're selling and it doesn't even have to be your own business, totally. if you're real estate, if you're, um, I don't know, financial packages, like who knows, like selling anything, it's the greatest resource because again, you get to be the expert, you get to educate. So of course, when people want to buy that or recommend you, they're they're gonna go to you. Totally. And, I, and the thing is, too, is the at least the content that you're pushing, it doesn't even have to be about selling. It's just mm-hmm. about you building brand exactly. and you giving so much value that people want to come to you. Like It's like what you were saying earlier about um, probably the, some of the content that you've pushed about skincare, which isn't even directly about people buying your products. Yeah. It's like provide them enough value that they're comfortable with you. And when they need products, they're going to go nowhere else but you to buy the product because they're like, Kaylee's provided me all these PDFs or blogs or podcasts around skincare. And I, I've seen it work in my own life. Oh, she has this new product rolling out. I probably should buy that too. Well, you know what works better than any advertisement, like any spending money on Facebook and Instagram ads or whatever you name it for ClearStem, 
when Danielle and I get on podcasts and just talk about skincare and health the entire time, nothing leads to more sales and making an impact with people than that because it you get to educate people and people get to know you more and then they're like, okay, wow, like I didn't get this advice anywhere else. Now I know exactly what to do. Oh, you have the products that provide exactly what to do. Mm. And so it's just a great way to like make an impact with people and actually get to connect with them and, and make a difference. I don't know if Google Analytics shows uh, demographics of males, but when this pod drops <laughs> in that week, there's a spike in males. <laughs> We'll give it up to the bearded man community coming inbound. You boys better be strapping up and getting your money ready to freaking spend it. Um, You're also an author, Mm -hmm. which is pretty badass. Um, I must say so myself. Healing with apple cider vinegar, 115 recipes for health, beauty, and home. First off, I used to do the apple cider vinegar shot per day. Does that actually help? Okay. Or is that full of shit? You have to dilute it with water. So there was that really? huge Yeah, because it's so it's so strong acid-wise that it burns your esophagus and it ruins the enamel of your teeth. Like that was such a trend for a while to people to take shots. And in the very, very beginning, like years ago, I did shots of it too. But it is incredible for you as long as you dilute it in water. It can help it helps stimulate your digestive system. It helps build up acid in your stomach, and that's what breaks food down. So if you're mm. having any digestive issues or bloating or acid reflux it's incredible do you still do it daily or not i don't do it daily but i'll do it um i'll do it before like i eat certain foods so actually protein is the hardest food to break down so you have, if you ever feel just like really weighed down lethargic um after eating protein you usually just need more digestive enzymes and acid to help break it down mm. so sometimes i'll do a little bit of apple cider vinegar and diluted water just before if i eat like a a meal that you know thanksgiving dinner you know something like a lot more protein <laughs> totally protein's harder to break down than carbs mm-hmm. really yeah your digestive system has to work really hard to break down protein why did why do i feel like we've all been messaged to and told <laughs> that carbs are the hardest thing to break down so they're not they're not hard to break down they'll just give you blood sugar spikes and make you really tired so they'll get uh, carbs will okay. make you crash because you get because when you eat carbs, it's, I mean, it converts into sugar in your body. So it's the same thing as eating sugar. So you'll get a blood sugar spike and then you'll get really, really tired because uh, then your blood sugar levels will crash. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good to know because I definitely thought it was a badass like shooting this apple cider vinegar. <laughs> I did it for like a year and I was like, don't feel like this is really adjusting me. And it, yeah. it, it says actually on the fucking label dilute with water i'm like (laughs) nobody needs to do that it's best to do either first thing in the morning on an empty stomach mm. or about like a half an hour before you eat a meal got you so how did this book come together okay this is this is a really fun story to tell because another story of like i can't believe i added one more thing to my plate (laughs) i was gonna say like to do this because i had to write this book in seven weeks and it was 115 recipes with four four full chapters in the beginning before all the recipes. So how does that get presented <laughs> yes. to you? We're like, hey, Kayla, don't know what you do for seven weeks, but you gotta get this fucking book done. So I almost deleted this email because I thought it was spam. So I get this email and it's literally three sentences. Hey, we found you, we have a book pitch for you, think it would be a good idea, schedule a call here. That's literally what it said. Any other day, if I like was in a mood, I'd just delete it. <laughs> I was in a mood. <laughs> if I was like, I'm tired of emails, delete. Like, <laughs> I got places to be, people to talk to. Sometimes delete. I'll overly answer emails. Other ones, I'm like, delete, delete, delete. If I feel like it's a cold email, delete. Mm-hmm. Um, so it depends what mood I'm in that day. <laughs> delete. No one knows delete. Do I want to take people's shit? Or I'm like, I'm not taking shit today. No cold emails. I was in a mood. I felt like answering it. I was like, 
okay, this is interesting. So I click it and so I email back. I'm like, okay, I'm interested. And they're like, all right, set up a call, like a, thir- a 20 minute call. I'm like, all right. So I hop on the phone, this publishing company, and I think they're, they're based out of New York City. And the way the publishing company works is they're a tech company first. So they find white space in the market Uh, like e-commerce wise, like on Amazon and online Target and Barnes and Noble and all the different um, book retailers that are online. So they find white space in the market based on SEO of if they came out with this book, what would perform really, really well? I'm fucking real. So, That's why I need to watch The Social Dilemma because yeah. this is what it gets into. Exactly. The so tech. crazy. And so they were like, we have this book idea. We think you'd be a really good fit for. Um, they gave me kind of the breakdown of it. And they were like, we're interviewing a couple people for it. So what we need from you is we're going to send you like an outline prompt and you have to write like a portion of the book. And it did take a while. I think it was, I mean, it was a couple thousand words on like on two different chapters. And I was like, all right, I, I guess I'll do this. And so I did it. And then I found out a couple days later that I got picked for it. And so we went through everything. And instead of getting book sales, I got one lump sum of money to write this book in seven weeks and I was like on a very strict schedule with the editors like I had a team of like 35 people I was working with I like the publisher and the editor and the art team and just literally all these people for seven weeks straight like every single day talking to them sending them updates again not a writer thank god there was editors because I'm like I'll get the content out you guys fix it yeah you guys make this look beautiful <laughs> yeah, make okay it look pretty um and so I had to come up with 115 apple cider vinegar recipes um one section was all about health um it was health home and beauty so yeah three different sections it was all split up and they all had to help with different ailments so I also had to do so much research on apple cider vinegar from like how it helps arthritis to rashes to digestive issues to your skin to um, like the stuff around the home was like cleaning products and like you name it, 115. Let me tell you, this was also, this was last summer. During the summer while I was traveling on the East Coast for two weddings. So out of that seven weeks, four of those weeks, I was traveling on the East Coast and in two different weddings. How did you even find the time? I literally didn't. I would be hanging out with friends and we'd be like drinking during the day, all different things. And then I'd be up until like three, four o'clock in the morning writing this book. Yeah, I like went full blown burnout grind mode for seven weeks because I had so much to do personally and with clear stem and then how to get this book written had you ever considered writing a book at some point actually i'd always wanted to write a cookbook at one point because coming with my one of my part of my background being in holistic nutrition and i love being in the kitchen love creating recipes i thought that one day i'd always have a cookbook and then i did kind of realize to write a full-blown cookbook it's almost a year of creating it like if you're gonna do a full-blown like recipe like desserts dinners appetite like you name it oh, so you it's, would do multi, you would do different yeah, courses I would, yeah i would do book. like everything i love cooking and dream of and i've talked to a lot of friends who have written full-blown like 100 page cookbooks and it is it's about a year of and i was like you know i don't it, it didn't become my dream anymore because i was like i don't really want to dedicate i don't need to write a cookbook that bad to like dedicate an entire year towards it so this was a such a cool opportunity because like all right grind mode for seven weeks i had a lot of the work done for me like the outline i had to write around specific outlines all the artwork was done for me they took care of all the marketing they got it they put it on amazon barnes and noble target 
um, and then a couple of the other big book retailers. Holy shit. So they did the rest of that, which is like kind of best of both worlds. So they gave you, so they gave you kind of a structure and yeah. then you had to just, it was like writing right, right. topics of yes. like fit. We need yeah, X like, amount of words. Yeah, like this is chapter one and like this is what has to happen in chapter one. Now you go do all the research and write about it. Wow. I can't even imagine the pressure of doing that. It was insane. I was like, I'm never doing this again. And then a few weeks later, I'm like, yeah, I could probably do that again. <laughs> oh I'm like, God. I probably, I wouldn't say no if they approached me again with like another book topic. I'd probably be like, I could go full grind mode for seven weeks again. <laughs> what were, what, has there been any uh, like great milestones after the book came out? I mean, other than the fact of like completing a book to me is like a huge accomplishment. Obviously, it's like, this is like yours, your name's yeah. on it and branded, but... Was there anything else that happened? I mean, it's been out for probably what a year now. Yeah, it came last, out. It came out last, last summer. Uh, and no, I was you writing. Wrote it, last I was summer. writing it all during the summer. It. Oh, you know what? Actually, no, it just came out. Um, okay, it is October right now. I, <laughs> like, I I'm literally like, lose what all, month is it? Okay, so it came out last November. I, oh my gosh, I guess almost a year. Crazy. <laughs> 2020 where to it go it, it's not yeah i'm real. like now nah, it wasn't a year ago yeah it was a year ago <laughs> yeah we shouldn't even have to count that as like a year of our lives we should be able to just repeat whatever age you are repeated again yeah right here. um <laughs> no but there, i mean there's a lot of cool stuff after the book and to be honest i don't think in my head at the time i thought it was as big a deal as it was because i knew all the work that put into it and i was like i mean i just killed myself for seven weeks to literally <laughs> write this and then i had a I had to keep it a secret for a long time and then the editing process was going on for a few months and so then I didn't really have anything to do with it for a while and then all of a sudden it was like all right time to market it here's your assets this is what you do and when I did that it was it was an overwhelming response from people I hadn't heard from from a very long time that bought my book because not everyone's gonna buy my skincare like it's you know it's just it's a bigger company now and not everyone needs specific skincare. You know, it's just, it's something that's definitely more personal. But when you write a book, like everyone wants to buy it. Like I had people that, you know, knew me from youth group and like youth organizations when I was in elementary school that reached out to me on like Facebook Messenger that wrote Crazy. the book and uh, that bought the book. And so I think that was the coolest thing is getting to reconnect with so many people and realizing that I was making an impact with people and just getting amazing feedback from it was the most gratifying part of everything. Yeah, I think when people see books, they even if they don't have any intention of reading it, yeah. they want to buy and support because it's it's just one, I think it's one of those things that people can resonate when they were childs and they grew up versus yeah. skincare. It's like, I don't need skincare or why am I going to buy this? Exactly. Like but, I had a friend that I hadn't spoken to since like fifth grade that like reached out and was like, I bought your book. Congratulations. And like, that's just such a great feeling. And there, but damn. there's something about a book that just, that brings people out and brings people together. Yeah. And it's physical. Mm -hmm. So, and it's food, it's a cookbook. So <laughs> yeah. like it's touching people's tummies. So yeah. it makes everybody freaking pumped. <laughs> wow. That is uh that's so cool. I think one day I would love to uh, write some type of book if I get to a point where I can like just take off a bunch of time and like think through some thoughts. And uh, I don't know. I just I feel like it's like something cool because it's physical and it's yeah. there forever. Mm -hmm. And is is this still available in like Target or? Yeah, it's at Target so, and Barnes and Noble and Amazon. So if I send my mom to Target, she's gonna find it in the. <laughs> it might, it's not out. at all targets, oh, but okay, okay, yeah, okay. at select locations of Target. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you said uh, when during the writing process, you were back on the East Coast for weddings. Mm -hmm. I forget. Remind me. Couldn't figure this out. I tried to skim on LinkedIn and creep on Facebook. Couldn't pinpoint it. But you have family in Boston. 
Um, no. no, but I was recently in Boston a couple months, uh, um, last month. Okay. So. You grew up in North Carolina though. I went to school in North Carolina from Pittsburgh originally. From Pittsburgh, Sheesh. born and raised, um, went to school in North Carolina, and then lived in Cleveland for a year after I graduated. Cavaliers. Before. What? Cavs. Yep. Yeah, I was Cavs. with the Cavaliers. Are you going for? Are you going room for LeBron right oh, now? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah. I, I'm not a bandwagon LeBron fan. It's just you know I worked for the Cleveland Cavaliers for a while, so and he's a special. Was that the full time job while building skincare? No, no, no. Uh, I okay. um, oh, I yeah, actually in San Diego for that. Yeah, I was, that point. yeah, I was in San Diego. Yeah, I was full working in sports. Was I mean I was working like eighty hour weeks. Like that was grind mode too. Did you <laughs> love was, it? Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I end up, it ended up burning me out like I love sports and I love going to games and ended up burning me out from working with it working in it I'd much rather just go to games mm. but I I did love it while I was there interesting you say that because I almost brought this up earlier and then we just went down a rabbit hole so I didn't have a chance <laughs> it's usually how podcasting goes yeah. I'm like I'm gonna bring this up and then it just psh, gone and then it full circles but um when we were talking about passions and, and turning it into careers um we pretty much had agreed on like it's so beautiful if you can find a way to turn your passion into a career. But then I've also heard the other side where it's like you never want to turn your passion into a career because it burns you out or it's just like you lose the passion for it. I think so it's it like, depends. Yeah. yeah. It's like working in sports. I mean, I was because I was in sales, I was working every single game on top of the in on top of being in the office. So mm -hmm. I couldn't go and enjoy the games. Some people like depending on what position you work in in sports, you might be able to enjoy the game in your free time. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I mean, working in sports is a great way to like fuel your sports passion. I don't think it would burn that part out of it. Mm -hmm. I just I didn't feel like I was making an impact. What I, like I knew there was just something more and different that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. It's pretty dope though, Cavaliers. It was so fun. I love basketball. Working in basketball was so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. And I got to like visit clients during games and stuff too. So I did get to like what I was like running appointments, visiting clients. Was it so. did you do like ticketing? Yeah, I services? did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So dope. So I was I was doing um group sales and some premium sales. Oh, that's so, so it was it was fun. That is so dope. <laughs> I love basketball. It's my favorite game to go to, is NBA games. Any other sports or just basketball is your favorite? Um, so it's funny because growing up, being in from Pittsburgh, I didn't have a basketball team and I wasn't into basketball at all growing up. Uh, baseball was my favorite to go to just because so summer, casual. baseball, yeah. like it's, yeah, it's just such a, it's such a social sport. Um, and then hockey was probably my second favorite. Mm. And then football, love football, but I wasn't going to all the Steeler games. You know, it was just, it was really fun, like culture around. I mean, growing up in Pittsburgh, every single Sunday revolved around like going over a friend's house and someone's mom, like making yeah. a bunch of food and like you and like 10 of your friends are like watching the Steelers games every Sunday. So like that was really fun. Um, and then, yeah, I took the job. I had a couple job offers in different sports when I graduated and my dream was to work in baseball, but then there was just something inside of me. I'd never even been to a basketball game before I worked for the Cavs. I didn't even follow basketball. Like I wasn't even, again, I wasn't on the radar. It wasn't on the radar, but I really connected with, um, the manager that was there who was going to be my boss. And I just felt like he really wanted the best for me and wanted to help me grow. Mm -hmm. And so I connected with the person rather than the team. And then I ended up falling in love with basketball when I was there. That is so crazy. I mean, not <laughs> and that's even, my favorite. <laughs> oh my God. Not even caring about it. Yeah. And then I, knew not, I mean, it. I like knew basketball, but I, I didn't, 
I didn't know a lot of players. Like, because my parents, born and raised Pittsburgh, they're not basketball fans either. Yeah. It's, you know, it's hockey, baseball, and football. Yeah. It's funny when you say the, you, you would go to like families on the Sunday or whatever to mm-hmm. watch football, but there's something about the East Coast growing up, especially in Massachusetts, like when football season came because oh, the season starts to change. Bad, yeah. And like, you, like beginning of the season you're kind of wearing hoodies and then it go and then it becomes like the full coats and, and that's what, uh, that, yeah i mean your your sunday and monday nights like revolve like everyone in the town yeah. revolves around that there's such Pride, that's the only joy. thing i miss about the east coast i'd never moved back but there's something so nostalgic going home during the fall or winter and having everyone in your hometown like feel together because of sports yeah you don't get you don't get that out here. No, it's, it, I think <laughs> it's just don't. because it's too. It there's just too much to do. <laughs> too much to do. Weather's too too good, um, and I think it's just there's so many mix of different people that the odds of you finding that group of all Pittsburgh fans oh, yeah. is going to be that doesn't almost like out slim here. to none. Yeah. Um, do you ever go back? Yeah, I go back around the holidays. Okay. Typically, I've been trying to actually go not during the holidays so I can spend more time. So I've mm. been going home in. Um, like March the last two years for a while and hit up some penguin games when I'm home. Oh, and take smart. That. Yeah, I didn't really take the family out. To, last year I did take everyone out to a Steelers game and the year before I took everyone out to a penguins game. That's awesome. So you, yeah. try, you try to go back at least once a year or sometimes yeah. twice? Yeah. Once once for sure? Once for sure. Trying to amp up the twice, but mm. I know it's it's hard to get back sometimes and like carve out the time and just got to do it though. I know. I tr- I'm trying to implement two times a year. One yeah. in the summer, which is the best. And then uh, I've done every other Christmas since I've been out here, which has been good going yeah. back for, you know, those 10 days or whatever. But uh, it's just cold. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you're like a hermit inside I'm your like, house. I don't want to be here. I know. I'm like, get me back to San Diego. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be here. Uh, of course, scrolling on, creeping on more of your Instagram because that's what I'm supposed to do before I podcast. Love it. I, get to, I get to creep. Uh, there was a caption that said, 2020, you are one of a kind. I can only hope I can take what I've been through to be a mentor and support to others. What have you found to be some of the biggest challenges this year? Um, I went through a very big breakup this year. Okay. A six-year relationship ended this year. And so that was definitely a huge transition for me. It's something that needed to happen, and I know it needed to happen. And I had been putting it off because I was ner- like, I knew once the conversation got started, it was kind of no going back from there. Mm-hmm. And so that on top of um, companies scaling a lot, going through an entire like repackaging rebrand, coming out with new products, um, it was a big year. Mm. <laughs> and COVID hit. Oh, I had, I had ankle surgery earlier this year too. So I was bedridden for a while and on crutches for like almost two months <laughs> that was this year too <laughs> like i mean just throw something else on my plate were you at least Bring bedridden during covid at least yeah okay. actually, actually literally like this i was bedridden i had surgery um like three weeks two or three weeks before quarantine hit mm. so i'd already like been in my house 24 7 and then covid hit right as i was like getting on crutches and then i was like i remember going out to dinner one night with friends it was my first time out like to dinner on crutches and that was the day that everyone was like i think things are gonna shut down uh, like I, and then the next week everything started shutting down so it was pretty wild welcome back to your feet kaylee now you gotta go back with your crutches and not come out for two months yeah so it was just it was one thing after another this year but i just feel like it grew my resiliency muscle a lot this Mm. year the relationship after six years Mm -hmm. how do you feel about it today um i feel very 
like confident in my decision. I'm just getting used to being alone again. Mm. Like that's what it's just like. It's honestly just a learning curve. Mm. Like it's just getting used to my routine by myself. It's just a general adjustment. The aloneness part, I think, is in, so... In the dating world in 2020. We're getting to that, too. We're getting to that, too. Yeah, we're for sure getting to that. Don't you worry. Um, so I'm glad we're tackling this part now. I'm an open book. Uh, <laughs> get your popcorn ready, boys. Um, so the aloneness part, super yeah. interesting. Um, somebody that, for myself, has been single for a minute now, um, it's become just part of my life. Mm-hmm. Like, And I think it's part of the what you sign up for when you're trying to be successful. It, yeah. It's never going to be perfect where you like find somebody that is going down the same path as you. And a lot of times there's a lot of sacrifices that have to be made where you can put time and energy into somebody, but you're just, you're really pulling away from trying to build something. Yeah. So I'm somebody that's so used to it. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. Um, they struggle with the idea of being alone. Like I have friends that I went to high school and college with where it's like they got a one relationship and I swear it's not even like a month later they're in another. Mm-hmm. And keep, they just want to replace it. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I'm being so conscious about. It's like I made this decision for a reason. And if I ever feel like I want to like talk to someone, like am I, do I really want to talk to that person or am I trying to avoid feeling alone okay how would i just like sit in my feelings Mm. like why why am i feeling this way do i need to like go read a book call a friend like what do i what am i trying to fill it with and so Mm. i kind of just try to sit in those feelings because what i don't want to do is jump in a relationship for i want to jump in a relationship because i like that person not because i'm trying to fill a void that i didn't want to internally deal with totally that's such a good way to look at it because i think a lot of relationships and no offense to people out there and if this is if you take offense to this, then maybe you should have a conversation with yourself. But I think uh, it's not that people are bored, but it is the aloneness of like, I don't have anyone to hang out with, so let me go find a yeah. significant other. And, it, you know, it and works. At the end of the day, like, happiness has to come within you. It cannot come from someone else. And that's what, like, leads to either relationships ending or people staying in relationships when they're really unhappy so they're trying to constantly get happiness from something else externally i want to make sure i'm always getting happiness from myself so whether i'm by myself or in a relationship it's still coming from the same place and so you don't build those attachments with people totally i think the significant other should add more happiness and Mm -hmm. more joy but if they were, you always have to, I feel like, ask yourself, if this person left, would I derail from everything that I'm doing? Or like how, not say people could derail because they're, you know, hurt by yeah. that relationship, but are you following a path mm-hmm. if this person was not in your life? Yeah. And if, and if you're not following a path, maybe have that conversation of like, what am I actually doing? Yeah. Because this is clearly a, a distraction or it's consuming my time so that when I punch out a five of this job that I hate, I have this somebody to come home to and she keeps me or he keeps me distracted and then I wake up, do it all over again and then it's like this this hamster wheel of just like time yeah. is going by, you don't like what you do but you have somebody and then that person leaves and now you're like, what do I do now? You should always be able to say, I'm happy with you but I can be, I'm happy without you. I mean, you don't mm. say that directly. The person. I mean, internally, you're saying that in your head. Like you, you're very happy with this person, but you would also be very happy just by yourself too. Mm. And that those are the strongest relationships. How long did you have to think about the decision to make something 
happen before you actually stepped up because I feel like that had to been a, a lot while. internal. Yeah, it was a. It was first figuring out if it was temporary. And then it was like, is something wrong with me? Because he's an amazing human. I mean, Mm -hmm. no one did anything wrong. No one betrayed anyone. Like, amazing, amazing human. Just not a fit long-term. Yeah, lifestyle, different goals ended up shifting. Um, Yeah, like what we wanted in life ended up completely changing. I think it was acknowledging that. So for a while, it was like, what's wrong with me? Like, he's an amazing person. So it was like internally figuring that out. And then it was thinking through like, what do I want the rest of my life to look like? And is this real? Is this what I want? Do I want to sacrifice X, Y, and Z? Like, where am I willing to compromise versus mm. what am I giving up that's truly, truly what I want? And so that took me a long time to come to grips with, think through, and then be like, all right, am I, am I doing, like, am I, am I ready for this? Like, yeah. am I ready to, because again, once the ball gets rolling, you know, I knew there was no going back from the conversation after I started it. Yeah, that's really powerful for you to uh to take that step and do i've never been in that position but i can understand the amount of uh that's i there had to have been so much internal chatter slash people that you had to talk to yeah uh to actually think that through and like am i just like bugging myself out for no reason or is this like actually exactly. coming from the right place but then then to essentially bet on yourself and know that like i need to move on to do something better for myself not saying that this person was causing harm or holding me back but that takes a lot uh, yeah to do that i mean a a big part too like as you know me being a woman that is like so driven and motivated and starting to see a lot of success in my career that can hurt a man's masculinity a lot if he isn't super super strong and passionate in what he does Mm. because he can take it as like a huge hit to the relationship. His ego and the relationship. And so like I need someone that's so confident in what they do that no amount of success I have is going to hurt them. They're going to want to support me. On. Yeah, cheer me on rather than feel like they need to put me down for them to feel better about what oh, they're doing. that's so good. That's yeah. so good. Um, so how's the dating been since? <laughs> dating uh, 2020. Dating 2020. Um, I've been dating a lot. I'm not dating anyone currently. I just... Kay ended not too long ago someone i was dating for a little bit she said uh, done with you <laughs> kaylee's on to the next so yeah i'm just kind of i'm being open to it i'm not on any dating app so i'm not Have like you tried them no i haven't tried any i haven't even downloaded don't waste, any. don't waste your time they're fucking terrible <laughs> i haven't downloaded any and um honestly the kind of like person and passion i'm attracted to i just don't feel like i'd find on a dating app and i'm not like I'm not aggressively looking to like go on dinner dates all the time. Like if someone comes in and like wants to take me out and I'm interested, I'll go for it. But I'm not like trying to line up my weeks with dates. Totally. I I think based on what I can assume of your mentality of like go getter, hustling, Mm -hmm. busy. I got so much shit to do. You're not somebody that's like, let me carve out 30 minutes to go swipe around. (laughs) Exactly. No way. It's not going to, it's not going to work. It's going to be bumping into shoulders with somebody, uh, at the right place. Yeah. It's just been tough for a lot of people. And that's the only reason I downloaded the apps. Cause I'm like, I'm sitting my ass. I can't go out Mm -hmm. or like, kind of, you kind of can now, but yeah, like, you can go it's down like, to dinner and like, but it's just go. such a different, uh, it's just such a different world now with everything that's been happening that it's like, okay, maybe I should give it a try. Like, um, but yeah, I'm on the same way where it's like, <laughs> not a big fucking fan of this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to, again, like line up my scheduled dates. <laughs> What's you said earlier, the skincare is a, uh, is a plus when you notice that in a male, what is a plus and what's a negative, like immediate, if you see something in some, somebody. 
like quality wise quality. what's um, a turn on what's a turn off okay turn on is passion 100 mm-hmm. percent. so um the last person i kind of dated played sports and so i was very like attracted like the passion behind that um so whether Great bot, it's like, i'm sure too <laughs> let's get real so, let's keep it 100 so i was very attracted to passion um turn offs is not willing to get deep and so surface it's very surface level mm-hmm. yeah and so if i'm like I, I like to connect with people and that doesn't mean that the relationship needs to progress quickly it just means like i like having real conversations like if it's a surface level conversation i'm bored and mm-hmm. if they don't i love asking about what people do and what they're passionate about. like i ask a lot of questions just because i like to really get to know people and if someone's not asking me questions about either like what i do or what i'm into i just i'm not into it yeah. <laughs> immediate turn off yeah you want depth yeah i'm also really into like again like passion go-getter work ethic but also really really young energy mm, young spirit yeah so it's like even as we get older when we're like 40s and 50s you're still like just wanting to feel young yeah and i think the feeling young part also um becomes weirdly part of the passion like i i've met so many people that might be in their 40s and they're like like i had a homie in mind that i just did a recent podcast with shout out to mark brazil don't want to name drop you but (laughs) shout out to he's a founder of iconic um he's i'm 20 i'm 26 he's 35 we did a podcast a couple weeks ago and uh i was like mark you are you there's so many similarities that i i see myself in him where he's like first off great bearded gotta give it to him um but like go getter from the east coast hustler driven he's 35 and he's like yo i'm just i mean i'm just getting fucking started like i'm like having the best time of my life and that's just one example i've met people that are like 40 and 50 and they are still like ha- just like having a ball yeah. and so i almost wonder if if that young energy is because they are people that have found that thing that they love. And they're so not sitting miserable they're not in their sitting job. Miserable. They're just constantly like working on something great. Yeah. And so they're just feeling inspired. They love what they do. Um, so I think that almost, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like that weirdly goes together where that the young spirit stays in you forever no matter the age. Yeah. Because I'm not worried about aging. Yeah, to I've me, always it's the same had a shit. fear of becoming like, a boring adult and that's what i've always seen it in my head like on the east coast you see just families that just like settle down and become like really boring and i thought that's like what happens in life and then i was like wait no like you can work hard and crush it and have a partnership with someone that is still so much fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like that's that's what i want like i never want to feel boring like i still want to have so much fun but work really hard i think the thing is is where I've been to Pittsburgh once, so take that for a grain of salt. But I I grew up on the East Coast, very similar mindsets. I think what it just comes down to, and I don't know what the size of Pittsburgh actually is, but uh, at least out here, it's a different energy and it's a different way of life. Mm-hmm. I think the sunshine for sure plays a part in that. And I also just think what is in Southern California is just like absolute people that are just crushing it or like want to crush their lives. So I think... Um, that's like I feel like that's all I grew up around and yeah age doesn't matter as much out here no not at all it doesn't matter at all but back home it's all the people that stayed in my hometown no disrespect I'm they're happy like great for them 
but it's it's the same shit all the time. Like there's there's no growth. They're going to the same bars. Yeah. Like when I had to tell when I told my family about my like my breakup, they were like, Oh my gosh, we feel so bad. What are you gonna do? Like all this stuff. I'm like, I am so happy. Wow. And they're like, You're getting older. Like, what about kids? I'm like, I'm in zero rush to have kids. Like, I'm in zero rush to like ha- I wanna settle, like, I wanna meet someone and be in a relationship if I want to, because I really vibe and connect with that person, not because I feel like I have to. Like, I'm on no timeline. That's incredible. <laughs> and I'm fine with it. And like some people can't wrap their head around that. I'm just like, I'm good. <laughs> I, I just met a a cousin this past weekend who is 45 his girlfriend is 43 and they're having the time of their lives amazing the exactly lives. it doesn't matter how yeah. old you are it re- like there's just no timeline yeah just do what you want oh i love that <laughs> listen up boys yeah. <laughs> i love that um glad we glad we hit the dating the very important part <laughs> i honestly haven't talked about this on a podcast yet this is what at we're all do. which is so funny we're trying to touch every little bucket I'm of down. Kayla's life. i love that's, it that's, this is the whole point of the, these podcasts um what is an area of your life you want to put more effort into hmm. is there any area you're neglecting so recently i guess i've been pouring into this more um for a long time i didn't do like any traveling at all. And so I've been picking that up actually a lot more, which is kind of weird because of like COVID, but like things are Kind of the best time to get into it. Yeah. it's cheap flights. Yeah, I've been pouring hardcore into my career. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess more time with friends. You know, getting a group of friends together, going to something fun, like just pouring more into that because I had just been in my career, in my relationship for a long time and, you know, got dinners with girlfriends and stuff here and there, but I've just been really connecting with friends a lot more yeah you have you weren't doing girl trips to tulum yeah. and fucking <laughs> yeah. living the I've life been a lot more of those <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> tulum was fun a few weeks ago exact things like that like i've just been saying yes to more of those oh, opportunities yes. and that's just kind of been my motto recently i guess is like when things come up I'm, and my schedule's free i'm like yeah, I, yeah let's do it like let's go well isn't it so interesting i love that you said that love that <laughs> love i love podcasting love the shit um isn't it interesting though because when you're build, like for instance when you're building the business you learn to say no to everything mm-hmm. but then it switches where things are growing you've put in a lot of those like um those those like burnout periods where it's like head down just to like build the vision Things are obviously moving. There's obviously still a lot of growth to go, but it gets to a, a point where you can add that balance in and start saying yes more, and you can actually start taking advantage of doing these girl tr- like tr- like trips or going to I don't know a different part of California you've always wanted to visit. It's it's so interesting how you go from a place of no, because I had I had I did the same thing. No no no, you want to go here for the weekend? Can't do it. Got shit to do. Got to work crush this grind life and now at the place where i'm a yes man it's like you want to go play beach volleyball yes do you want to go to this birthday party i don't know anybody perfect i'll be yeah. there oh uh, a beach party out in a cove in malibu don't know anyone there fuck it sign me up so it's it's interesting that you get to a place where it's more yeses than no exactly just to throw yourself out there well that's good i'm glad i'm glad that's starting to yeah. that's starting to pick up and get a little bit better uh how many tattoos do you have uh, one. What does it say? It says, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Love that. 
My mom said that to me all growing up. So yes, before the Kelly Clarkson and Kanye West song both used that quote. Wow. I had the tattoo before the songs so came out. they wrote the songs <laughs> because of you is, what, is yeah. how that happened. Yeah. Growing up was, uh, my parents have been divorced since I was two and it was it was really rough growing up, to be honest. Um, it was not a happy divorce by any means for years and years and years. And so... My mom would constantly remind me just like everything I'd been through. She was like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You're wow. getting stronger and stronger every single time. And so, yeah, turned 18, went and got a tattoo. Hank me up. <laughs> if you had to get a tattoo today, what would you get? Um, I would ha- I'm thinking about this actually because one of my big mottos is making a positive impact. And so framing that in some way it probably wouldn't say making a positive impact, <laughs> but like some I can see like one of those like <laughs> around the chest you know what I mean? like, something to either represent that or mm. give letters to it like something really small in that way um mm. but just something that reminds me of like what I do every day and I do what I do to make a positive impact on other people's lives so expressing that in some way would be the next tattoo I would get. That's pretty dope. There's got to be some type of symbol or something yeah. that you could get that would... They gave me sim- like a representation yeah. of it. Yeah. I love that though. Making a positive impact. Mm-hmm. Very, very simple, but says a lot mm-hmm. in one. Um, damn, that's dope. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, we're almost done, I promise. Have you ever heard of We Are Not Really Strangers? Have you ever seen that? The Instagram account. Yes. Yeah. You've seen I it, follow- right? Oh, yeah. So, love it. Okay. Do you know they have a card game? No. So they have a card game. I recently bought it, and what I've been doing in podcasts is beforehand I pull a card for you. Oh boy! Okay, I'm excited um, for this. Really great game. Definitely, you should buy it. Oh, I will. And it's Done. literally just about like it remind. It's cards of humanity. Have you ever played that before? Mm-hmm. But like for the depth. So when you find these boys that are fucking surface level, <laughs> say we're playing this game. Oh my gosh! And it's gonna open them Done. up a bit. <laughs> so I pulled the card for you, and your question is. What is a compliment you wish you received more frequently? Silence. I'm thinking about this. I love silence. Uh, yeah. A compliment I wish I received more frequently. Um, I, get, I pour a lot into people. Um, if anyone's important in my life, even the smallest of way, I go out of my way to help people. Even when I receive nothing in return and having that recognized as someone who shows nonstop unconditional support. Mm. I love that. You answered that really well and I was nervous because I feel like this is such a, a question that people could hear and be like, I don't want any compliments or like it's because it's a question that's very angled about you mm-hmm. and sometimes especially if you're trying to make a positive impact on people, which I try to do the same. It's always about people. So you're never really talking about yourself. You're not yeah. really like taking the time to like assess like this, I do all this work for people, but some people just like take it. Yeah. Like some, I definitely have a of lot of people in my life that recognize it. And those are my closest friends. And they're also the friends that remind me to sometimes stop pouring into people so much. Cause yeah. I do sometimes I have the tendency to give way too much. Um, and then there's other people that it's definitely taken advantage of and I feel like expected. Mm. And that's what that's what hurts me a little bit more. So I, I like it being recognized. It's awesome that you take the time to do that. But I would say to sometimes remember that you're better 
continuing to do what you do best and that's focusing on your business or like spreading your message and that, you know, maybe there's a hundred DMs sitting in your DM to get answered and you feel anxious and you feel overwhelmed because you're like, how am I going to find the time to answer all these? Mm-hmm. When it, obviously it's an incredible thing to do to take the time to respond and to like read what people are saying to you. But at the same time, you're, the best way to continue to impact people at scale is to do your very best and and like be okay with like, there's just not enough time in the day to, to yeah. get to every single person. Because if I did that, I would never have time to actually build on the things that I'm trying to do, which is ultimately to have a positive impact on people at scale. Yeah. I have to, my sister does constantly remind me, she's like, Kaylee, people like you for more than the things you do for them. Mm. She she has to remind me that all the time. She's like, if you're not doing something for someone 24 seven, like they still appreciate you. Totally. Yeah. They're not going to be mad at you. Yeah. Yeah. They still love you. Because I I get a lot of guilt if I know I can be making more of an impact and I know I can be doing something and I can't, I don't carve out the time for it or I, you know, I feel guilt over that. And so I did constantly remind myself. You're good. (laughs) Don't, don't, don't let the guilt slip. Uh, Before we wrap up, one uh, thing that I do at the end of every podcast is I allow the guests to kind of challenge the listener to do something after this podcast that could positively impact them. So if they've made it this far in this podcast, what is one challenge that you have for the listeners today? What's something that they can do that will positively impact them? I would wake up tomorrow morning or if you're listening this morning or if this is in the morning right now, you know, take a minute and think about what you need to feel your best today or if you know if you're listening to this in the evening tomorrow morning so mm-hmm. when you wake up first thing in the morning think what do i need today for myself to feel my absolute best because you know with covid right now like people are still really struggling mentally not everyone's back to their jobs people have lost their jobs or they're furloughed or you name it so what like what do you need mm. what do you need to feel happy today yeah i think a lot of people are lonely, which is what mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. And uh, I really hope that people are taking that time to ask themselves these questions. Yeah. That are like, what really makes me happy? It's I, so easy to disassociate, especially totally. social, me- social media. It's so easy to disconnect. And that leads to like perpetuating the loneliness and sadness and kind of losing sight of yourself and who you are and, and what you need. Yeah. This is the only time probably in our lifetimes that we're going to have this much downtime and not <laughs> yeah. expected mobility of like, you're supposed to be at this birthday party. You're supposed to be going to this birthday dinner. Like it's just the best time to actually like pause, reflect and think about kind of the direction of where you want to go. Uh, where can people find you on social media and where can they find Clearstone? Uh, you can find me, Kaylee.Christina, and then ClearStem is just at ClearStem Skincare. And we put a ton of information and education out there. We have an awesome team on social media that hand, handles the DMs, but then I can also answer some questions too. <laughs> we should we should make a uh, the beer demand pack for the tens of millions oh. that are going to come from this podcast. Okay, actually, we should It'll really be have a this landing discussion. page. It'll be like the beer demand podcast, pickup starter kit, you're three to um, go. I think we should actually <laughs> talk about this. I kind of really like this idea. <laughs> All right, if it's real by then, it'll be in the link in the yeah. description. Just know that. Um, Kelly, thank you for... Thank you for taking the time to come on this podcast. This has uh, been incredible. You set the bar extremely high for all women and really for all males that are going to be coming Thank to this you. podcast. Thank you. This so, is a blast, per usual. Of course. Uh, if you guys and gals enjoyed this podcast, all that I ask, please screenshot this episode, post it to your Instagram story, tag Kaylee at Kaylee.Christina mm-hmm. 
and tag me at Bob A, B-O, three B's, four A's, and a Y. I know that is extremely aggressive with why I have too many letters. Another day for another story. Um, post it out, share on your Instagram story. Helps get this content out organically. And we'll be back soon enough. Kelly, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. See ya.